Jack was Jack Jack sorry Welcome to Stargazing, a Stargate gazing podcast. I'm your host Kathy and I'm your other host Mary. And each week we discuss an episode of Stargate beginning with Stargate SG-1. Hello. Hello. Sorry for the delay. And Coconut is also <laughs> Hi, here. Hi, Coconut. I thought I was closer to being ready than I apparently actually was. Hi, Coconut. <laughs> My brother says hi to Coconut as well. <laughs> I guess hi, Mary. And he guesses hi, Mary. Gee, thanks. <laughs> hi, Kurt. The dogs also both had to run into the room and bark right at the microphone. Yeah. So they're extra enthusiastic. Excellent. Yeah. How's it going? Okay. I'm annoyed because I am cold. Oh. And we refuse to turn on our heat because we have our heat pump, which is great, but it's electric heat. And as I have complained about before, Eversource is terrible with exorbitant prices. So not surprisingly, electric heat is super expensive, which wouldn't be a big deal if our solar panels were actually functional. But at least here in Connecticut, once you get your solar panels installed, that's only the first part. You then have to wait several months before you can actually turn on those solar panels. So within the next couple of weeks, we're going to be paying both for solar panels and an exorbitant electric bill. And hmm. that's pricey. So we're just leaving the heat that's off and hoping nuts. for the best. Because, yeah, it is ridiculous. But not that the solar panels are super expensive. They're actually going to be cheaper than our electric bill is, ultimately. But paying for both the solar panel loan and the high electric bill that we are still facing until they get turned on is garbage. Yes, yes it is. So we're really only punishing ourselves, but <laughs> that's where we are. And I'm grumpy. And coconut is... Chewing a toy in solidarity yeah. behind me, loudly. <laughs> you kill it, coconut. Yeah. 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 How are you? Oh, tired. It's busy at work, and I've been doing a lot more talking, and then that just makes me sleepy. <laughs> talking is the worst. Oh, God. Who does that? Seriously. For fun. Right? Or for work. work. Having to talk for work is the worst, and then talking for fun is even yeah. more stupid. So after this, I'm going to spend some time silently on my couch. That sounds yeah. delightful. I should be practicing my violin today and also going for a run, but probably neither of those things will happen by the time this is finished, because <laughs> I'm tired. Yeah. 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 So I'm mildly grumpy yeah. and chilly. I do have my electric blanket on. Nice. Yeah. I'm mostly fine, just sleepy. We've been... Mm. Like, just just end of the semester nonsense at the library. It's yeah. fine. Yes. I can relate. <laughs> I understand. There is much end of the year nonsense in my job as well. <laughs> or end of semester or whatever. Yeah. And both. I don't think I can be more specific without being like, this is where I work. So. <laughs> Fair. Update on my Ooh. co-worker's baby shower situation ah yeah <laughs> on monday i asked my boss and she ended up <laughs> not going that's the right yeah choice. and then i think she had some flooding or something in her basement too because it was raining oh, oh yeah of that course sucks. but yeah it, it didn't i don't think it made her sad not to get be there but <laughs> i don't know who i'm whispering to you can all hear it even if i whisper <laughs> Coconut. You don't want coconut. I don't want coconut. Tea. Coconut's got some hot takes on baby showers, and that she doesn't really like people, but she loves a good baby shower. 
loves it. She just loves to get in there and eat all those diapers. I was going to say, she's probably have a good time ripping things apart. It's probably oh, yeah. a lot of you know yeah. plush toys and whatnot to sink her teeth into. Oh too. yeah, she'll destroy those things in two seconds. Oh yeah, yeah, and then she'll jump around in the cake for a while. <laughs> that sounds fantastic. Yeah, yeah, it's good times for cooking yeah. it. Loves. Yeah. It. So I asked another colleague of mine who I expected would have been possibly invited. She mm-hmm. was, but she couldn't go. But she also knew of other people who had been invited, and initially it sounded like maybe he only invited people who had children and my boss. But then we find out this other coworker got invited too. I don't even think she likes him. Again, I'm whispering. (laughs) (laughs) And coconut, coconut, sweet. I'm sorry, sweet bug, bug, bug. Come here. That is more than enough. Yeah, this is not interesting at all, but, you know, just in case anyone was curious. I'm interested. I like gossip. Yeah, and then <laughs> apparently he also invited a different coworker, but he was on vacation. So I'm not sure what is going on. I wasn't the only one who wasn't invited, but it seems like the invitation list was a little weird. Yeah. So maybe he doesn't like me, and I am okay with that. Well, how can you not like Kathy? He I sucks. Know. Well, he's never given any indication that he doesn't like me, but... That's fine. Well, I don't like him. That's regardless. Fair. He's stupid. Your coworker's dumb. <laughs> Again, overall, not sad to have missed a baby shower. <laughs> Got to keep this in perspective here. <laughs> yeah, true. Next time that you do get invited to a baby shower, you should accept and then just send coconut in your place and she'll be very happy. Now she's chewing her Nyla bone directly on my knee and it's very painful because it is so pointy. Because she's made it into a little shiv <laughs> here. Maybe I can cushion myself with a blanket. This is what happens when there's no dog wrangler around. I don't even have like an idea about a segue here. <laughs> I don't have the slightest idea for a segue. Uh, you know, where else is total chaos besides <laughs> my room where I'm recording where is in? that? <laughs> the alpha site. Oh my gosh, really? <laughs> also everywhere the toker go. Yes, that is true. Which in this episode happens to be the alpha site. Indeed. Yeah. <laughs> we made yeah. it. Good job. Go us. What is this episode? This episode is Stargate SG-1 Season 6, Episode 9, Allegiance. I would ask if you would like to start or want me to start, but I'm going to just go ahead and say, why don't you start? Maybe Coconut will tire herself out of her chewing. <laughs> sure, sure. So that I can hopefully <laughs> just mute it all and not have it in the background by the time it's my turn. All right. We're on the Alpha site. The gate is open and people are coming through. There's chaos happening there. People are injured. It seems that the Tok'ra are fleeing with the aid of the SGC, Dr. Fraser is on site, doctoring, and there's a good mix there of Tok'ra SGC members and Jaffa. There's a little moment where a Tok'ra and a Jaffa seem to not like each other, but they are held off from killing each other right now. We could have also gone with the theme of contentions in the workplace. That's or true. Tensions in the workplace. <laughs> As our that is this in hindsight. 
because of your <laughs> shitty coworker. Who only invites some coworkers and not other coworkers? I don't to? know a thing. That's just so terrible. I'm just like I'm sitting here, not even listening to what you're saying because I'm still <laughs> dwelling on like who the fuck does that. And not only that, but my, one of my coworkers pointed out he didn't even tell anybody who was invited, so you can't even be like, yeah, don't mention this to somebody. Cause yeah. <laughs> Just so weird. So I, so yeah, weird. so it seems like all of my coworkers just went with, I'm not going to talk about this at all. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the baby shower fight club. Yeah. <laughs> for one rules. You don't talk about baby shower fight club. I really hope his invitations were like fight club themed. <laughs> that would be amazing. The best baby shower theme. <laughs> now that is a baby shower I think I probably would actually want to go to. Not worth creating a baby just for that though. Absolutely not. <laughs> Definitely no. But the next time that I know somebody who's having a baby shower, I will tell them I will only go if it is Fight Club themed, and then I will try to convince them to make it Fight Club themed. And it's that babies have to fight. And if there aren't current babies, they need to hire (laughs) some babies for fighting. It got dark. Oh. I had to get Coconut's toy that she dropped on the ground. Oh, my God upset yeah it's the worst i was gonna say i will offer to fight the other parents fight club style i don't know that i want to watch babies (laughs) fighting would people be betting on this this just seems like it got really dark really fast well that's what you get when you bring up baby showers and fair or is it just kind of like they're just like acrobatically sparring like later when jacob is recovering from an injury and he's just watching people doing cartwheels and stuff yeah 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 at each other cartwheeling at each other (laughs) First scene, huh? Yeah. So the first scene. Oh, you know what? They were all about to like, you know, fight each other. But the thing is, the Tokra came through with a device in a box and people were suspicious. Yeah. And then the Tokra was coy about what was inside, which made everybody cranky. It was the diaper cake. (laughs) It was the diaper cake. Yes. (laughs) But he didn't want everyone to know because only half of them were invited to the baby shower. (laughs) Or it could be a Zaytark. We don't know. A Zaytark detector, <laughs> excuse me. <laughs> I mean, or it could be an actual Zaytark curled up. It could be. Napping. Maybe that's how the invisible guy gets in there. He's hiding in there with the detector. Yeah. Yeah. Jack approves of this device and they move along. Another SGC member named Pierce comes through to report that apparently all of SG12 was killed. That sucks. Yeah. And that the gold knew exactly where to attack them and they were all taken by surprise. That's all very yikes. Sam is concerned because Jacob Carter was amongst the people who were there. Pierce tells them he stayed behind to disable the DHD so that the nobody could follow them. Jacob comes through. And then he and this other Tokra just kind of stand there, which was a bad idea because he gets shot through the gate from the other side. Right. I thought that was really weird that he came running through, running away from firefight, but then just immediately stopped, even (laughs) though they know that momentum of weapons continues. Yeah, it was a little bit. And there's no Iris here. Half world. Yeah. Fortunately, though, no more shots come through because the stargate turns off sam runs to jacob to give him a hand i would think that the occasional weapons bursts coming through would actually keep it open i I don't know maybe they've had it open for 38 minutes 
Although that seems like, <laughs> I don't know. It's possible. I Somebody stuck their hand in there or something. I don't know. Yeah. However, the gate works. <laughs> it's fine. Nobody knows. It's unknowable and yeah. unknown. The gate is whatever we want it to be. Jacob lets them know he basically managed to set something that has the strength of a nuclear device to blow up right after they left so they don't have to worry about anyone following them and no one saw the address of the alpha site. How can he know that though? Because it stays lit up until the gate closes and obviously he left it. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe he threw a drop cloth over it. (laughs) Could be. And then like crazy glued it in place. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Or maybe it didn't matter because they all blew up. Well, also, (laughs) yes, that is possible. But, you know, it is entirely possible also that somebody saw it very briefly and, like, immediately rung, rang, ringed? (laughs) Runged? Yeah. Ringled? Ringed out of there or called somebody with the address or something? It could be anything. Yeah. Malik explains that Anubis got to them. In the Risa system? Or is that Ryza? Ryza, <laughs> like the planet of yeah. Star Trek. Do you seek Chamaharon? I don't even know what it means. The Hogan is for a friend. They explained that they did try not going to the Alpha site. They tried to go to Earth first, but they got a busy signal because of Jonas Quinn and SG2 because they were artifacting. That's so I Jonas. Know. Nerd, just like Daniel. God. Mm-hmm. Always hogging the Stargate. Yeah. Uh, amongst the Tok'ra, it seems that only Jacob knew the location of the Alpha site. He's the one who dialed in, and he promises again that nobody saw him dial, and nobody knows the coordinates. Bollock's like, who the fuck are these people? He actually says, who do I owe my thanks? But... <laughs> he didn't seem... <laughs> Sincere. (laughs) Jacob introduces them. Jack asks how many made it. And they say less than a quarter, which, again, that really sucks. The Toker are falling fast. Yes. Yeah, right? Yeah. They really are. Malik wants to know why there are Jaffa there, if this is an Earth base. I didn't understand why he was so surprised that Rebel Jaffa are a thing, because... Did he not know about Lord Zoolander and his operation there? I with, don't know. Where he was teaming with Rebel Jaffa? I mean, maybe Lord Zoolander couldn't t- converse with him very often. Mm. And then he died. True. He says he didn't realize their numbers had grown so large. Right. Maybe if he had done Blue Steel or Magnum, yeah, even, he wouldn't have that's died. That's true. But he didn't. He could have stopped that staff blast. Right? I totally forgot about that part. In Zoolander, where he does Magnum and it makes the ninja yeah. star M thing stop midair. Until I was actually editing today's episode and looking for a clip from Zoolander. And I was like, oh, I, don't, I haven't seen this in forever. I should watch it again. That part was yeah. ridiculous. There it is. Magnum. Holy moly. Yeah, baby. That's what I've been waiting for. Dear God. It's beautiful. Jack makes a comparison that between the Jaffa and the Tok'ra, which Malik does not seem to appreciate. Jack asks if it is a problem that the Jaffa are there, and Malik says not for them. Hmm. So, such good feelings going on here. S- sounds Quite. like a happy little uh, 
camp they've got. Indeed. Then we get some credits. And after credits, they're doing somewhat of a funeral-type service for the Tok'ra that were lost on the other planet. I haven't done a Tok'ra pants watch in a while, so I will note that all of these Tok'ra were wearing pants. And they weren't the regular leggings that they normally wear. And also their shirts were different. They didn't have the normal pelt-like shirts, but they were wearing leather pants and more of a dark, smooth leather tunic. how Moloch runs his operation. He's like... Yeah. It was a good look, I thought. Yeah. And more modern. And by more modern, I mean, like, I don't know, 1800 (laughs) instead of 1200. (laughs) So not like modern, just more modern, relatively speaking. Coconut. (laughs) Now that it is my turn, had stopped chewing on her toy, but is now going to resume chewing on her toy (laughs) because I am not paying attention to her. Oh, yeah. There it is. I hope it's not too loud. I will try my best to filter it out. (laughs) Sorry, everyone, if I'm not able to. But the other alternative is to lock her out of the room altogether, in which case she will whine and bark at the door. Bark, bark, bark. Or take away her toy, which would also result in whining and barking (laughs) at me. Now I've lost my place. After credits. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I made it really far into my scene. After credits, (laughs) they're doing that funeral thing that I mentioned before. Then all of a sudden, a fight breaks out between a Jaffa and one of the Tok'ra. The Jaffa apparently asked the Tok'ra a question and the Tok'ra was incensed because the guy in incensed, not like incensed, <laughs> but you know, incensed, nothing to do with a smelly thing that is fragrant. I haven't even been drinking. I have had <laughs> half of one beer. <laughs> My brain is just oh, it's fine. giving up. Yeah, mine's pretty, pretty yep. gone right now too. So this is good. Yeah. Anyway, to me, it was weird that the Tok'ra started a fight with the Jaffa for asking a question because speaking was forbidden. But in order to start this fight, the Tok'ra was yelling at the Jaffa and then started throwing punches. So weren't you being just as bad by (laughs) yelling at the Jaffa and throwing punches? That, I would think, would also constitute talking and then also just creating a huge commotion. Jack has no patience for that. Basically, he just tells them all to knock it off. Our talk is the Jaffa that was just here in this fight. And he says that the Tok'ra are no better than a Gwold. Tilk yells at him. <laughs> Everyone really should have taken a lesson from Lord Zoolander, who was working hand in hand with his rebel Jaffa. Right. But they have not done that here. Our talk just walks away. Jack tells everyone else to break it up and just go about their business. Get back to funeraling because there's more serious things to worry about than their little petty argument that they were having. After the other people have kind of all dispersed, Jack and Malik are still there talking. Malik basically just says that they don't like the Jaffa because every time that any of them have been killed with a blaster or with a a staff weapon, it's always been a Jaffa on the other end. As far as the Tok'ra are concerned, the Jaffa and the Tauri are equally indebted to the Tok'ra. I noticed here that Malik looked vaguely like Martooth, except that he doesn't have the glorious teeth. I was thinking he was a handsome man. He is quite a bit, yeah. He's a very attractive man. But he's a very narrow mouth talker. So it got me to wondering does he actually have teeth as nice hiding in there, but he just doesn't show them as readily? Maybe, maybe. Maybe he prefers not to just flash those babies 
Yeah, it could be. Maybe he understands how distracting it is when you have such glorious <laughs> teeth and you flash them all over the place like that. So yeah. he keeps his mouth a little bit more so narrow. Call him Martooth yeah. 2.0. <laughs> Martooth point. No. I don't know. Yeah, I have a good one for that, but no, he's clearly supposed to be Martin, yeah. though the attractive kind of peace bringer. Not yeah. yet really peace bringer, but eventual peace bringer. Spoiler. Anyway, Teal'c wants to know how Malik figures that both the Jaffa and the Tauri are indebted to them, and he's like, "Well, we've been fighting the Guawuld for millennia," and Jack's like, "Yeah, but maybe you should have made some progress by now," which Malik is a bit insulted by. Yeah. That was rough. So Malik storms off and Sam comes up and tells Jack that the Tok'ra don't like their temporary quarters. Jack's like, it's because they're temporary. So screw them. If they don't like it, they can leave. We're helping them here by giving them shelter. Jack has no patience for that. He's going to go off and try to talk some sense into them. He actually first told Sam to do it. And she's like, seriously? He's like, I guess not. I'll do it. He wanders off, but gets distracted because he finds Jacob on his way. This is where Jacob was watching the weird acrobatic fighting that would not be at all practical in real life. (laughs) Oh, Jaffa. Yeah. The two of them have a talk about the fact that Jack doesn't trust any of the Tok'ra, but it's because he had a really bad experience. Well, he already didn't trust them, but it was made worse by his bad experience with Kanan. Jacob assures Jack that what Kanan did was really truly terrible and just not at all acceptable in Tok'ra society. It was completely awful, but that not all Tok'ra are like Kanan. Don't you like any of us? And Jack's like, well, I like you, but just you, (laughs) essentially. Jacob's still pretty convinced, though, that if Jack really understood what the Tok'ra society and culture were like and what their commitment to their mission was actually like, that he would understand them and like them a lot better. Jacob again mentions that the Tok'ra and the Jaffa have had a long bad history because the Jaffa that have been loyal to the Gua'uld have been killing the Tok'ra for millennia. Then Jacob starts talking about how it's possible that the end is closer than they think. Not because the Jaffa are so close to winning their rebellion, but because they're almost out of Tok'ra. Yeah. And it's entirely possible the Gua'uld are just going to take over everything once that happens. Yeah. Yep. It's an uplifting scene. I'm going to jump back to the funeral for a second. So yes. they had like a funeral pyre type thing, but it was so tall. And I was like, why is this so tall? But then they <laughs> activate the gate and they feet shoes the bodies they do have. So yes. I guess that's how they deal with their dead. And they don't actually leave feet shoes behind. They take the whole body, but you know. Yes. Yeah. I actually hadn't even noticed that. I thought that they sent it through the gate. No, they used that, uh, that wave or whatever. Yeah. That's really funny because I was wondering what planet did they send those to? I don't know how I managed to miss that they feet shoot them. Yeah. Do you think that's a sustainable practice, death practice? Yeah, yeah I don't yeah. see why not. I mean, you're not polluting the atmosphere with carbon dioxide yeah. and and Putting whatnot. A bunch of chemicals in the body, like happens. Yeah. yeah, like happens when we do cremation or using like tons of really dangerous chemicals as when people are embalmed and. Stargates for yeah, everyone. I, don't know. I want to be composted. I want to be composted and turned into a tree, or or feet shoot. There we go. Yeah, let's let's uh, invent the Stargate so that we can all <laughs> be done away 
by it in the end. (laughs) That's clearly the best use of that technology. (laughs) It would send, it could, it could solve all of the world's pollution issues. And I feel like that's a missed opportunity that SGC is not taking advantage of. And also when it's a giant toilet, right? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. There's so many uses. And they're just they're just using it to go places and get themselves in no. trouble. Yeah. They talk about how they want to have like all this advanced technology and like weapons and stuff, but just like the gates destructive powers could <laughs> really do a lot of stuff that they're not even considering. True. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> <laughs> at some point, I don't know, later or something. Yep. Sam's got a Nakwita generator out. It had been rigged to explode, which she barely just noticed in time. She says there's no way it was an accident, so sabotage. Yes, and it would have taken all of them out and several miles around the Stargate or wherever this generator is. Yeah. Mm. She says the only people who know about this so far are them, which is SG-1 and, well, SG-3 quarters, I guess. Jonas is not on this planet. No. We only get a very brief shot with him later, and I'm sad he's not in it. And I think that Braytac and Jacob were there, maybe? I think so, and like a couple randos. Very few people know about this. Yeah. And then some guards. And it would have happened very fast, apparently, within an hour of doing this they all yep. would have been dead so good thing sam's yep. examining their nakwita generator randomly i mean she's sam of course she yeah. wants to play with the nakwita <laughs> generator jack then orders that no one is allowed to go within 20 yards of the stargate till he gets there the reasoning for this is that you know if you had been the one to rig that reactor wouldn't you want to leave before it blew up so they think maybe they can catch whoever this was near the Stargate. It makes yeah. sense. We do get the one brief scene that Jonas is in <laughs> with Hammond. They're standing in front of the gate looking at a MALP. Hammond is actually talking to Jack via the radio on said MALP and offers to send reinforcements. But Jack says, nope, there's really kind of too many people there already. Jonas offers to come and join them, but... Conveniently, Jack says no because it's Jonas's day off or episode off or whatever. <laughs> and that's pretty much it. Ham is going to have SG3 standing by just in case. Isn't that the team that just died? No, that was SG12. Oh, okay. <laughs> Makes more sense. <laughs> They've already replaced that whole team. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. That would have been very speedy. Yeah. The gate shuts down. Pierce is there. We've seen him before. I don't remember when, but we've seen him in a couple episodes. So Pierce is there and Jack orders him to go make sure that the guard on the gate is doubled. Nobody's getting in or out until they figure out what's going on. Tilk does mention that there is a saboteur among them. And they're telling Malik all about what happened, which I thought was kind of weird because in the last scene, I got the impression that they were going to try to keep it kind of quiet between those of them that were currently in the room at the time. And Malik was not one of them. That's true. But they are here explaining to him what's going on and the fact that they're not letting anyone go because they need to figure out who it was. Malik is a little dismayed to find out that they were all so close to being blown up. And of course, he's going to suspect the Jaffa 
Malik asks if maybe it could have been somebody that was sent there to undermine the whole operation. But again, SG-1 is insisting or SG-3 quarters is insisting. Nobody off of Earth knows about the planet with the exception of Jacob. No Gould would have known about the planet, so they could send anybody through to mess things up with them. Jack does point out also that everything was just fine until Malik showed up. So that's not a good look for Jack to be blaming Malik. Also not a good look that things went wrong once Malik got there. Not a good look on either end, basically. Long story short, the plan is to pull out the Zaytark detector that they brought through earlier in the episode and start interviewing people. Because it can be used not just to find actual Zaytarks, but basically to find anyone who's hiding anything. And Jack and Sam do make a brief reference of the fact that they have firsthand experience <laughs> with the fact that it can figure out when people are hiding information, even when they are not an actual Zaytark. Even when they don't even know themselves that they're really hiding the information. They don't Indeed. want to admit their true feelings mm. for each other. Their true, their true love Aww. for each other. I was very disappointed by that book. Oh, really? Yeah, the movie is way better. Stick with the movie. The book is not great. Mm -hmm. Huh. I've had that book checked out for years and still have not read it. That's for the best. I just listened to an audiobook that I regret listening to. If that, I don't know, that's my only relevant. Yeah. Well, the characters were not nearly as likable and were actually outright problematic in many different places that the movie kind of edited out or glanced over. Gotcha. The audiobook I listened to just had an insufferable main character who was extremely stupid. So, anyway. What was it? Now I want to know if I've read it or listened to it. it Finley Donovan is Killing It. Yeah, never heard of it. It's apparently a whole series now. I don't know, but I was like. You are so dumb. You can't see where this is going. <laughs> what is wrong with you? That's annoying. And then there's a whole scene the author just put in just to wrap something up. And I was like, this is stupid. That's also annoying. Like you, the what they're doing is incredibly stupid. And the fact that it's here at all is only because you didn't know how else to wrap this up. Ugh. Anyway. That sounds terrible. Sorry if anyone liked the book. I liked, <laughs> I liked good chunks of it, but the main character sucked and she's dumb. That's the worst. Dumber than rocks. And I don't know, has kids that she never actually hangs out with. But anyway. <laughs> oh, good times. Yeah. Good times. Like, I'm a single yeah. mom, but I'm not going to spend any time with my kids. <laughs> Lovely. That was one of the things I didn't like about the Princess Bride. Not that she had kids that she was ignoring, but because Buttercup was made to be very stupid and very oh. vain. Boo. Yeah. Boo. Yeah. Boo. And also Wesley was just terrible. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Yes, I will not allow the book to ruin that movie for yeah, me. Don't. Don't. It's not <laughs> worth it. So Stargate. Yeah, Stargate. <laughs> not a book. No. But a show. On TV. Also a movie. Great yes, movie. And yes. several other shows. I'm sure they've done novelizations. Likely so. <laughs> anyway. But this episode, huh? <laughs> yeah, this episode. They're questioning Molek with the Zaytark device plugged in to him he's apparently just wrapping up recapping his whole experience getting there jacob asks if they know why their base fell and malik's like we have no idea then they decide malik's all done after that he leaves jack is distracted by the same jaffa and tokra from before 
almost getting into another fight that Teal'c stops. Which, things are going great here. It feels like they're trying to make it seem like it's this big problem among all the Tok'ra and Jaffa, but it's really just those two. So yeah. if they just kept those two separate, it, yeah. it kind of seems like everything would be fine. Sure. Yeah. It's only those two that keep fighting. Yeah. Jacob says he's planning to screen the wounded, but probably they couldn't have done anything being so wounded. And then he's going to do the Jaffa. Braytac is like, I really don't want us to do this because this device is going to question our honor. And Jacob's like, or it could confirm your honor. Very smooth. <gasps> yes. Braytac, though, is done. also suspicious because Atokra made it. And he's like, tell me you trust the Tokra completely, Jack. And he's like, no, <laughs> but I'd still let myself be screened. Braytac is convinced. He's going to convince the other Jaffa to also use the Zaytark detector. <laughs> I keep saying Zaytark and as if that's just it, but that's not it. It's not. There is a second crucial yeah. word. Then he says, maybe once the Tok'ra see our big Jaffa hearts, they'll look upon us as equals. <laughs> Enlarged hearts are dangerous. They should go get that checked. Yeah. <laughs> I thought their hagfish were supposed to be keeping them healthy. Oh, think Jeff might be home. Ah. They are interrupted by Malik shouting for Colonel O'Neill. <laughs> Coconut. <laughs> Coconut is also shouting. Outside, where Jack and Braytac and Jacob have all run to see what the commotion is all about, there's a dead body. It is Ocker, who is the Tok'ra? Yes, he's the Tok'ra. Who is the Tok'ra <laughs> from before. And then they find Artok, who was the... What did I say? Tok'ra Jaffa. before? Jaffa. Artok is the Jaffa. Yeah. <laughs> okay, thank you. Who's the Jaffa from before? They're, of course, going to go and question him right away since these two have been fighting pretty much nonstop. They're going to question Artak to see if he killed Auker. Artak is very displeased about that. But eventually, Braytak comes up and is able to get him to quiet down and go peacefully with them for that process. Jack sends Sam in there to follow up as well. Meanwhile, Jack is going to start working on launching a larger investigation into what might have happened with this dead body. And that's going to start with Fraser examining the corpse. Jack also tells Braytac and Jacob that he really needs their help and influence as much as possible to make sure that everyone is just basically staying away from each other and to try to keep the peace. The questioning of Artak the Jaffa is underway. He's saying that he was alone outside the compound eating in private and he doesn't know who killed Akar. Jacob asks directly if he killed him. He says no, but oh my god, the Zaytark detector detects a lie. What? And Jacob's like, well, that's it. <laughs> Mystery solved. Artok is like, what the fuck, Braytac? I didn't do this. Braytac's like, chill. Go with them. Don't try to escape. I'm going to take care of you. Malik is also convinced of his guilt. 
Jack, though, is like, well, we're going to lock him up, but all we know is he's lied about something, but that doesn't necessarily mean anything because Sam explains the Zaytark detector can give false positives. So I had two issues with this scene. One being that if he was telling the truth in not knowing who killed the guy, then obviously it couldn't have been him killing him because if he had killed him, then he would have known who killed him. Maybe he feels like he just doesn't know himself. <laughs> that was good. Yeah, that could answer my second question, which is why did it show that he was being dishonest when asked if he killed the guy and he said no. But yeah, if he didn't really know himself and didn't trust that he hadn't killed the guy, even though he didn't think he did, if he didn't trust himself enough to know for sure. Yeah, and deep down, can we ever really know ourselves? Can we really ever be sure we haven't murdered someone in cold blood? I don't think so. No, it's really unknowable and unknown. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe when I'm having disturbing anxiety dreams about being chased by dinosaurs, I'm really murdering people. That's entirely possible. Or maybe on some level, in some alternate reality, you are really being chased by dinosaurs. Or maybe I am the dinosaur. (gasps) Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) yep yep anyway yeah anyway (laughs) jack wants them to do some more investigating before they lock him up and throw away the key forever sam's like maybe somebody saw this guy eating by himself (laughs) and teal's like yeah the toker and the jaffa ate apart deliberately and Malek's like I'm not going to trust anything that Jaffa tell me Jack's like okay well Dr. Fraser's gonna do an autopsy so let's see what that says because the Zaytark detector isn't 100% accurate so they basically convince Malek to kill to kill not to kill <laughs> they convince him to kill who never forgets to kill <laughs> or not to kill. <laughs> that has nothing to do with anything. But it came in my head. So I had to say That's it. fair. Yeah. They convince Malik to chill for the moment. He's not happy about it, but he's going to hold tight while Dr. Fraser does her autopsying. I'm just going to keep making up words. Yeah, that's fun. Autopsying? Yeah. <laughs> I think autopsying works. Yeah. <laughs> a bit later, after Fraser is done autopsying, she's autopsed. <laughs> <laughs> Fraser has autopsed <laughs> and is sharing her findings <laughs> with everybody else, being SG three quarters, Malik, Braytac. Is Jacob there? I, I don't think know. Jacob it is there matter. too. Maybe. Anyway, yeah. Anyway, there's some bruising. Once again, she's bearing a lead. There's some bruising on the right side of his mouth, but also the giant wound in the back of his head. (laughs) Someone might have covered his mouth. There might have been a little bit of a struggle, but then also someone stabbed him through the neck. (laughs) And then she shows them a really disturbing x-ray of the Tok'ra and the hagfish. And that hagfish is, like, all up in that guy's brain. I did not realize that they went all the way up in the brain. I thought they were supposed to just, like, be wrapped around the brainstem. But no, this tokra, this hagfish is just way up in his brain and then also down his spine. And in the x-ray, you can see that there's been a severing. I don't like that my dog just got afraid of something in the closet. 
Oh. It's disturbing. It's, it's not me as a dinosaur to murder you. The dog bed is right in front of the closet. The closet door is open. I see nothing in there, but she was <laughs> sitting peacefully on her dog bed, and then just something startled the shit out of her in the closet, even though there's not really much of anything in there, and she's continuing to look very cautiously into the closet. <laughs> okay. Creeping me out, dog. Anyway, Fraser points out in the x-ray where... The host neck has been severed between, I forget which vertebrae she said, I don't know, it's like C1, C2, some vertebrae in the neck, doesn't really matter. And then also points out that the hagfish spine has been severed there as well. They both died instantly. I don't know about severing the spinal cord or whatever, but certainly cutting a creature in half like they did with that hagfish yeah. <laughs> seems like, yeah. Probably died immediately. <laughs> yeah, well, severing the spine between the first and second vertebrae would definitely kill somebody as well. Okay. Yes. Because you can't communicate with your lungs and your heart. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> the brain can't tell them to beat. And also you can't get blood back up if you're... Well, I don't want to get too far ahead of things. But yeah, so... <laughs> it would be bad. It would not end well for the person. They would definitely die. And... The death would have been instantaneous, as they said. Tilk is convinced now that this could not have been a Jaffa that killed the Toker guy, because this is not how Jaffa kill people. And Braytak agrees with him. There's no way that this could have been a Jaffa. Not that a Jaffa couldn't do this, as Malik asks them, but that no Jaffa would do that. They would only fight somebody face to face. They would never just murder somebody from behind. Even if their god told them to? Right? Yeah, that's a Just good question. That out I guess, there, but right, but maybe if they're a rebel Jaffa, then they wouldn't be listening to what any fair, any fake god told them to do anyway. True. Malik is not convinced though. But then there's an alarm from somewhere else on the base, and so they all need to go and check that out. Yeah. yeah. And uh oh, whoops! Now the Jaffa Artog is dead in his cell. Yeah. Frazier is there already having a look at the body. This was a frontal attack this time. She says the only similar thing was that it was done by a bladed weapon. Why was there no blood around the body in either case then? I don't know. I don't know. There should be a lot of blood if you're (laughs) stabbing someone to death. Yeah. Regardless of where you're stabbing them, there should be a pretty... Pretty decent sized puddle of blood, but there was not in maybe, either case. Maybe the assailant carries a shop back with them and they mm. were sucking up the blood as they stabbed. Very possible. They're very efficient and fastidious. They like <laughs> yeah. a clean murder scene. <laughs> Super clean. Maybe they have a mini portable Stargate and they use that to clean up the blood. Maybe. Yes. Yeah. I'm for that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> possible <laughs> dr fraser doesn't yet know if this was the same weapon that killed them apparently this cell door was still locked i think the door in there even because no one was in there with him which made me wonder who set the alarm yeah like, who a- set off the alarm <laughs> maybe this uh sergeant guy went in to check on him and then they're like oh shit he's dead i guess it sounded to me like the sergeant came up because the alarm was going off, but yeah. I could also, it's entirely possible been misunderstanding yeah. <laughs> because my ADHD is just so bad these days. <laughs> <laughs> my attention span is so terrible. 
yeah. Yeah, they are a little su- all suspicious about this. Sam's like, it seems unlikely that someone got through the lock on the cell door, stabbed him without a fight, and then relocked the door. <laughs> That's a fair point. Yeah. And there's no defensive wounds, Dr. Fraser says. So they think that then he was just standing at the bars. Although Teal'c's like, he wouldn't have done that. That's too vulnerable. But then Malik's like, what if he knew his killer and mm. wasn't afraid? So big mystery here. Yeah. Who killed the guy who didn't kill the other guy? Or did he kill the other guy? Mm. Have they checked for dinosaurs? I don't think that they have checked for dinosaurs. I no. bet they have not checked for dinosaurs or for Kathy's, for no. that matter. Yeah. Or Kathy's disguised as dinosaurs. Yeah. Yeah. They need to get on this. They really do. Yeah. Back outside, Ragnar tells everyone that Artok is dead. Ragnar has been there this whole time, just kind of lurking in the background. <laughs> We've seen him in a few episodes. Yeah. He's the guy with the nasty scar on his forehead because he removed his gold tattoo. Basically, Ragnar is trying to stir things up. Till comes out and tells him that this is not the time for that. Malik says that it was definitely not Atokra that would have killed Artok. Basically, he's implying that it was another Jaffa that killed Artok, even though Artok himself was a Jaffa. Malik even points out that Ragnar himself carries a blade on his belt. So they start some bickering. Jacob comes up, and Jack as well for that matter, and they try to basically break up what's happening here before it turns into anything too serious. Well, I think it already got serious because that entire line of Jaffa and Tok'ra were both aiming their weapons at each other by the time Jacob got there. And they were. Yeah, I forgot about that part. Yeah, so they were all apparently weapons drawn after the comment about how Ragnar is carrying a blade. They did, in fact, draw their weapons. And that is when Jacob and Jack came up and wanted to know what the hell's happening. How about we put down the weapons and talk this out a little bit? But then Braytek calls for them. So Jack and Teal'c go and see what he's calling to them about. Braytek has found some giant footprints, very similar to the footprints found in Jurassic Park. Although they are human shaped, but they are very huge and yeah. seem to indicate a massive, like very heavy person would have been making these very deep footprints <laughs> in the mud or sand or whatever it is. It was just very odd how blatantly obvious these footprints were <laughs> heading off in one direction. They figure it must be the murderer, it must be the murderer, could of not course. possibly be anyone other than the murderer that fled from the camp, and these have to be the murderer's footprints. Could be Jaffa or Tokra. You really couldn't tell, Malik pointed out. And nobody is considering the fact that it could also be human, but yeah, yeah. that's never mentioned. That'd be the twist. The SPC right? is taking out the Tokra and the Jaffa. Yes. <laughs> that could be the twist. <laughs> Jack says that the good news is that they can stop pointing fingers at each other because everyone has been accounted for from their little head count that they do after that finding of footprints. But how would he, I didn't understand how that really makes any sense because how would they know that whoever it was didn't run out of camp and then circle back around and come back in elsewhere? I don't know. So if it took them a while to do the head count after this person had run off, like they don't know when those footprints were made exactly probably close to when the person died but 
they for sure could have run away and then come back. <laughs> anyway, that's not the assumption we're going to go with. We're going to assume that it can't be a Tok'ra or a Jaffa or a Tauri because everyone is there and accounted for. So whoever's footprints those were have to have been the murderer and they cannot be in the camp right now. Not possible. Nope. No. So there's some other fourth party trying to turn them against each other. And also that makes them more dangerous. Because now they're suspicious Ooh. and assuming it's a him. Yeah. They decide to do a search of the woods <laughs> in groups of three. I thought this montage was hilarious, but why don't you go and describe the search parameters first? One Tok'ra, one Jaffa, and one Tari. Just snooping through the forest. Yep. Yeah. And then the montage is them running through the forest, looking left and right and left <laughs> and right. Just... Yeah. Not looking like an actual true search, but looking like they have been given the cue of run and look to your left and right as though you're looking for something. It was not at all convincing and just very hilarious to me. No. (laughs) They don't find their murderer, but they do find that one of the groups of people that were sent off into the woods to do this running and looking are dead. That sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Teal'c says that each one appears to have been killed separately and dragged and piled in one place. That's weird. If they were working yeah. in teams of three, how did they? I don't know. I mean, get separated. I guess maybe they just weren't like standing literally shoulder to shoulders. Maybe what yeah. he meant. I don't know. I guess. Teal'c reports all this to Jack. Jack's like, "Hold on, we've got something." He orders Sam to go see Teal'c. Mm-hmm. Jack was with Braytag and Malek. They're heading off to go meet with Teal'c. This yeah. is Jack's team, which is Braytag, Malek, and Jack. Jack heads off ahead, and then we get Ashrak view, I guess. Yeah, pretty much. So, yeah, there's an Ashrak spoiler. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we see from up above, looking down, it's kind of bluish and blurry and... They're looking at Malik and Braytac, who are standing there. Braytac seems to sense right before this person attacks that something's coming. He pushes Malik out of the way, and Braytac keeps trying to fight with this person, but they're invisible, which isn't great. Malik sits there with his zat gun and just watches this happen, which I sort of like what are you doing? But also at the same time, he can't see and he probably doesn't want to accidentally double zap Braytac or something. Right. Anyway, Braytac loses this fight and gets dragged off into the bushes and Malik is like, oh my God. And he just gets the fuck out of there and runs into Jack. And then suddenly it feels like we're in another X-Files episode because we are in the woods in Vancouver running around fighting an invisible monster. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Which is literally the plot yeah. of several X-Files yeah. episodes. <laughs> Malik ran off, though, and ran into Jack. And he's like, oh, my God, Braytac's dead. Teal'c immediately tries to murder Malik. He is <laughs> on top of him, hands around his throat, strangling him. Yep. Malik's like, I couldn't do anything. Teal'c's like, you should have followed him. You could have saved him. And Malik's like, but I thought I should report what I saw. The Jafar are clearly very distraught because this is Braytac we're talking about. Right. Also, Malik is kind of an endangered species, so yeah, he's yeah. kind of right to try to preserve himself and go off and raise the alarm. Yeah. 
Meanwhile, Jack seems to be content to let Teal go on with the murder. <laughs> I liked how enthusiastic yeah. he sounded. Yeah. <laughs> about stopping Jacob's it. like, Jack, a little help. And he's like, Teal, Teal. stop. <laughs> Jacob then tries to step in since Jack is clearly not going to and is like, Braytac would want us to stick together, which Teal then finally is like, oh, all right. Tilk, he's right. You should stop. So then Tilk stops murdering Malek. <laughs> I guess it's attempted murder then. But yeah. yeah. Malek explains what happened in the fight and that he knew this person had a cloaking device. And they're like, oh, God, he's invisible. And then Sam's like, oh, it's Nirti. She could have come through after us. She's what? terrible. And Jack's like, I hate her, too. Jacob's like, it's probably not Nearty. I like Nearty. I was kind of yeah. hoping it was. I know, right? Spoiler, it's not. But Yeah. <laughs> and they don't have those weapons that they have to see the invisible people through their cloaks that they had with, like, the Ritu. I forget what they're called. Yeah. Um, T-E-Rs? T-E-Rs. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Malik, though, has an idea. He's like, let's generate a high-frequency electromagnetic field. With a range of 400 to 700 nanometers. Is that right? I don't know. Yes. <laughs> yes. And yes. Sam's like, oh my god, yeah. Then that'll make the phase particles go to visible light spectrum something science. Yeah, sure. Jack's like, what are you talking about? Sam's like, I'm going to start telling you nerdy things. And he's like, are you just telling me that you can make this guy visible? <laughs> he's, she's like, yes. <laughs> He's like, that's all I need to hear. That's fine. You don't need to say anything else. And then they're like, yeah, yeah, let's make this thing. Malik's going to help. They're so excited. They're going to find this guy and kill him. Woo. Except Teal'c, who keeps looking at Malik like he's ready to finish what he started. Sure. Back near the Stargate, Sam is Samming the reactor. <laughs> or is about to get ready Samming the reactor as some people bring it to her out there. I guess it needs to be near the gate so that she can broadcast the signal in a mm. wide swath. Meanwhile, Tilk gets up and tells the Jaffa in the area what happened to Braytac. Oddly, none of them seem surprised or particularly upset. They don't really react at all, which was weird. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Tilk is obviously very upset and is trying to give like this motivational speech about how his death can't be in vain and they have to work together. And everyone in the audience is just like, okay. <laughs> Basically. It's very weird. Very weird to yeah. me. Yeah. Jack, meanwhile, is talking to Pierce, reiterating the order and no one gets through the gate. This person, whoever they are, cannot get through. They got to keep them trapped here and hopefully kill them or at least capture them or something. And then there's an engine noise, and the Naquidel reactor comes on up with Sam at the controls. It's on a little remote control vehicle type thingy. Zipping around. I want to have a large, powerful reactor on top of a little remote control car. <laughs> be great. Yeah. Very convenient. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what I would do with it, but I would like to have it. It'd be fun. Just for the sake of it. Yeah. Meanwhile, Fraser has autopsied the second guy <laughs> and determined that it must have been the same bladed weapon to kill them both. It was a single thrust in this case as well, through the symbiote and into the Jaffa's heart. 
killing them both immediately. Jack's like, Nirti's been working out. So I guess they're just assuming that this must have required a lot of strength and not just a really sharp blade. I guess so. Tilk is like, nope, definitely not Nirti. Gotta be an Ashrak. Nothing else could have done this but an Ashrak. Remember those things? Those are the Gwold assassins. They tried to kill Sam. They did kill Jolinar. Yeah. But that Ashrak was not invisible. That one was able to emulate other people, but not invisible. Tilk mentions that back in the day when Apophis was still a thing, a whole bunch of Jaffa in a mine had been murdered, and Apophis ordered the mine sealed. And then days later, when they came and opened up the mine, the only living thing left was a single Ashrak. Only one killed so many of them, which has nothing to do with being invisible. So I'm not exactly sure why (laughs) this was mentioned here in response to Jack's statement that the guy wasn't invisible. But that's what Tilk felt was a reasonable response to that statement. Yeah. Yeah. Fraser asks why this particular one didn't go on a similar killing spree. And Jack says divide and conquer. So I guess he figures that it would be easier to kill them if they were all fighting each other than... Mm. If they're all unified as one force. How does Tilk know that Ashrak didn't pit everybody against each other too and right? then didn't have to kill yeah. as many people? He doesn't know. He wasn't in that mine. That's an assumption. Yeah. Sam and Malik are working on this Naquita generator field thing. There's a long, slow pan of the camera around while everyone's waiting and watching this. Quite and Ragnar's like, I wish Braytac were here. Jack's like, yeah, really? <laughs> Sam says that she's almost ready. But while they're all standing around waiting, we get Ashrak vision again. <laughs> He's wandering around through these people. And then he attacks Pierce. And then a Tok'ra, and then some Jaffa. He's just hitting people as he wanders through the camp. While this is happening, people are shooting. And, of course, (laughs) a Tok'ra gets shot by a Jaffa. Of course. Because they're all just shooting at nothing. Literally nothing. (laughs) And everyone's just hoping. They're like, we gotta get down. Oh, shit. But (laughs) once this kind of starts to settle a little bit jack calls for medical help and also pierce reports that the ashrak got his gdo (laughs) which is not good i don't know why i thought this was so funny but i just thought it was hilarious (laughs) it's not good yeah yeah also there was that friendly fire hit yep yep it's just a big clusterfuck Jack orders Pierce to remain at the gate and make sure that nobody gets through and that everybody who's guarding it has a clear line of fire to kill this thing without killing each other. I just really like Jack's reaction to Pierce saying that he lost his GDO. Yeah. <laughs> he, was, he just yelled what, but just yeah. the facial expression and everything about it was pretty great. Malik's like, oh, how about we get out of here before he kills us all jack's like no it's got a gdo we cannot go anywhere yeah, definitely cannot let nope. that on earth <laughs> take out the whole base yeah and then jack yells at Malik to shut the fuck up and go help sam because <laughs> he's not here in this he goes back to work helping sam 
They're getting closer with their nanometers. Finally, they get it above 400 and they turn on the generator to make this energy field. Jack feels a little tingling, but Sam assures him it's okay. That's just the field and it's not causing any damage. Jack tells them to crank it up, even though that's going to reduce their ability to keep the field going, but he says to do it anyway. Do, 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 do. And then we kind of see a little bit of an Ashrak right by Sam. He hits her. He hits other people. They start firing again. Keep firing, assholes! But unfortunately, they've also knocked this thing offline. So Sam's got to bring it back online. They keep shooting at this thing while Sam and Malik are basically laying on the ground trying to repair this thing. And then Jack gets tired of using his P90 and in slow-mo he gets this giant machine gun type thing and then just starts shooting it around in a circle. I loved this scene. <laughs> I don't even know why I loved it so much, but I did. It's just... <laughs> yeah. Especially it was made all the more ridiculous by the fact that Jack screamed everybody down. <laughs> which of course means the Ashrak would have also heard him and also would have dropped. That's true. <laughs> so it was completely pointless to be just shooting in a wide circle. So all he was doing was shooting the crap out of the camp. <laughs> Needlessly and pointlessly. <laughs> And I loved that it was all in slow motion. Also. Yeah. <laughs> Just made it that much better. It was good. Yeah. Unfortunately, though, not effective. Yeah. But it did, I guess, buy Sam time to turn the device back on. I guess it did at least do that. Yeah. <laughs> and when she does, the Ashrak is right next to Jack. So Jack starts trying to fight him. But the Ashrak then, from out of nowhere, seemingly, starts getting shot with a staff weapon. <gasps> and then it happens again. And guess what? It's fucking Braytac. And he's not dead. It was awesome. I lived that part yeah. too. Yeah. Take that. Everyone who thought Braytac was, of course Braytac's not dead. Yeah. Of course not. And he shoots that Ashrak good. I thought it, that was also great. Yeah. The Asherak's dead. Ding dong. Sam takes the GDO back from it and gives it to Jack. <laughs> Everyone's really happy to see Braytac, who says that he was left for dead, which he's lucky that Asherak didn't, you know, stab his hagfish and then his heart. Right? Yeah. It seems like a really amateur mistake yeah. on the part of the Asherak, given how really good he seemed at killing both Tokra and Jaffa before, but then suddenly just completely messes up just like completely fails in his attempt to kill Braytac for no apparent reason yeah and Braytac even says he was unconscious so at that point he yeah. could have just done the killing blow right yeah anyway it didn't happen that way maybe he thought that he got Braytac's heart but was a little too far off to one side or not quite deep enough and just kind of nicked it and he missed the symbiote too well, can't they kind of move around a little bit more readily in I a mean, Jaffa than in a Tok'ra or a Gold body, I think? Yeah, in my in my head, he's got a nice little, like, apartment in there, but... Yeah, yeah. but yeah, but I think that it can move around to go where it needs yeah. to go to fix stuff. So I I feel like it, because it's got its little apartment, it's got more room to dodge and yeah. weave than it would have all up in the head of yeah a person it's blended with. 
Yeah, and you know, I don't know, you don't spend all those years uh, watching Braytac in action without learning a little something about courage. Yeah. That, was a <laughs> that, that, was, that didn't really work, but I was trying to throw like in it. an X-Files uh, <laughs> reference there. Anyway. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, so he learned a little something. He dodged, Braytac dodged. It was still really fucking sloppy of that Ashrak. Not to double check. Malik is like, I owe you my life so much. And hopefully I can repay that date one day. Please forgive me for how terrible I was to you. And he holds out his hand. And after a pause, Braytac gives him the arm shake. And then gives a little speech about unity. I was like, yeah, let's see how long this lasts. Right? (laughs) Also worth mentioning, the dagger that he takes from the Ashrak was just enormous yeah (laughs) like the width of a hand (laughs) i don't know how it didn't just completely sever the person's head off when he stabbed that that's a good question through the neck of a person so this is what i'm saying maybe the ashrak was using a little finesse there but then was totally Mm. sloppy with braytac yeah got too cocky cocky ashrak yeah yeah. Cash rack? No. Uh, yeah. yeah. I was going to say that, but it didn't really, doesn't work. Not everything needs to be a portmanteau, I suppose. Cock rack. <laughs> <laughs> yes, everything yeah. does need to be a portmanteau. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even going near that one. Um <laughs> I have been around models of penises all week, and I haven't been able to make a single dick joke. I had to at least get one out of my system. We're talking about reproductive systems, the penises are falling off the male models, and I have had to maintain a level of maturity that I don't want to maintain. But because it's my job, I can't make dick jokes in class. I hope at least your students picked up the slack. They were laughing hysterically, and I was just pretending to not notice because I really wanted to just be... I was just giggling inside my head, like, the penis is falling off. But can I? No. No, I can't. That was the end of the episode. It was the end of the episode. <laughs> Kathy, did you like the episode? You know, before I... Yes. <laughs> before I say that, it really flew by, this talking about it, even though yeah. it's been a... Relatively speaking, kind of longer. Relatively, yeah. yeah, it's been a lengthy episode because I keep, yeah, my brain keeps wandering. I like the episode. I like the complex sort of very fragile alliance these folks kind of have. Like they really don't, but they need to because that's the only way anybody's going to survive this. And the tension makes sense, although I wish that the Jaffa would cool down a little but that's just a feeling i have about them i think they're a little hot-headed yeah um except for braytac because braytac's awesome braytac's great yeah (laughs) but yeah i really liked all of that i liked the tension although i could feel the tension a little bit which was making me a little bit uh anxious but that's Mm. okay (laughs) that's how i was feeling in the last episode with all the bickering that's why i don't like Uh, bickering because it makes me feel tense fair (laughs) yeah uh and i i enjoyed their little uh Hunt through the woods, even though it's kind of ridiculous. And I like Braytac a lot, so I'm glad he's not dead, which is not a th- way to like the episode. But yeah, I, yeah, I would have been mad if they actually killed Braytac off. Right? Yeah. Um, I was going to say I would have thrown my screen out the window, but yeah. it's anchored to the wall. So that would not have worked well, but 
oh, come on. You can't brute that thing off the wall. Hey, maybe I could. If I was. <laughs> yeah. I've been working out again. Maybe yeah. I could. Yeah. yeah. Something might have flown through it, though, probably more readily than I could have gotten it off the wall and through something else. <laughs> Such as a window. Yeah. Yeah. I like the whole part at the end with them all. I mean, them shooting each other is not great, but Jack with the gun was great. Braytac saving yep. the day was great. Yep. So I wish them all luck in their like hopeful end, but we'll see what happens with that. Yeah, I just generally liked it. I thought it was enjoyable yeah. for those reasons. What about you? I thought this was a great episode. This is probably one of the ones I've enjoyed the most. I mean, I've enjoyed several of the recent episodes, but I think this is the one I've probably enjoyed the most so far this season. Ooh. I love a Braytac episode and I love a Jacob episode. So to have a Braytac and a Jacob episode together was just fantastic. Braco and this new guy Malik. JTAC? Sorry. Yes. <laughs> JTAC. Absolutely. <laughs> Definitely. Uh this new guy Malik reminded me of Martooth, so that was kind of nice because I've been missing Martooth. And you know, he's not the same, but he's good in different ways that are still kind of reminiscent. And so, yeah, I liked Malik. And I was sad that we didn't have more of Jonas because I really enjoy Jonas's yeah. character. So that was one of my two complaints about the episode. My other complaint was that I was really hoping that the Ashrak was a character that we would recognize, but then it wasn't. Like once they yeah. established it was an Ashrak, I was hoping that it was going to be some character that we've seen before, but then it wasn't. Yeah, but I would wonder... Who, I mean, they made it so, I mean, it was invisible, but it made yeah. it so, like, badass that I'd be like, who is that? But, like, if it was near T, that would have been amazing. I actually kind of wish it amazing. was near T, even though I like <laughs> near T and I don't necessarily want her character to die, but it would have made me really happy if it turned out that near T was, like, this super <laughs> badass ninja person. True, yeah. <laughs> would have been pretty cool. I liked that it did remind me of the X-Files. Obviously, anything that reminds me of the X-Files is going to make me happy. <laughs> Then there were just a lot of the funny parts that were not meant to be funny, but that I found hilarious, like the running through the woods montage and Jack <laughs> shooting up the entire camp <laughs> for pretty much no reason. So, yeah, I found this to be a very enjoyable episode for numerous reasons on many levels. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And what's next? Season six, episode 10. The Cure. Or nope, just Cure. SG-1 visits Pangar. Pangar? P-A-N-G-A-R. A planet inhabited by humans who developed a drug that makes their immune systems perfect. Because that's a thing. For sure. Unknown to SG-1 is the means by which the drug is produced. A startling discovery that may hold the key to the origin of the Tok'ra. Oh, I remember this episode. Sounds very similar to an episode of Star Trek ah. that I was watching the other day. So as Jeff and I have been playing our power washing simulator, like you do, we've also been rewatching Star Trek, the original series, like you do, yeah. while we play. Nice. And that sounds like an episode we just watched the other day. Ah, interesting. Meanwhile, over at the TVDB, we have an alien world offers Earth a medicine with the power to cure any illness but the hidden price may be too high to pay. This sounds like that episode where... Is it that same alien planet that tried to... No, it's a different alien planet. A different alien planet that wants to sterilize the human race. I mean, different... Yeah, Or something a, similar. There's a different uh, cost that's too high. 
Gotcha. I don't remember so. this episode because all I can think of is that other planet that was trying to sterilize the human race. Because we've Probably seen for good reason. too good to be true a few times. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I feel like we've seen it more than just a few times. Yeah. <laughs> As in like almost every episode. <laughs> So we'll see. So yeah, that's next week. Yeah. We're in double digits already of this season, huh? Good grief. Yeah. Time just zips on by. Right? We're creeping up on halfway. Holy Hannah. Holy Hannah. Okay. Think we're all set? Sure. All right. Well, then, thank you everyone so much for listening to us as we talk about Stargate. Please Yay, Stargate. Yes. Yeah. Stargate. Sorry. I shouldn't I shouldn't distract you. Please. (laughs) Please remember to subscribe to our podcast. We would appreciate if you gave us some reviews, if possible. We would appreciate it if you told your friends and family. You could even tell your enemies about it if you were trying to make peace with them or form a (laughs) fragile alliance (laughs) against a common enemy. And I think it would bring you all together really well. Yeah, absolutely. If you would like to get in touch with us to let us know about how these alliances are going, you can send us an email at stargatesing at gmail.com or you can reach us through our website, stargatesing.space. You can also visit us on the social medias of Mastodon at stargatesing at mastodon.world and Instagram at stargatesing. Yay! I'm Kathy. Wait, did you mention oh, Patreon? No, shit. Fuck. <laughs> God damn it, I was so close. You were. And if your alliance yields spoils, <laughs> please feel free to share them with us by going to patreon.com slash We are cheering you all on in yep, your war. We sure are. And we appreciate your help. Yes. <laughs> okay. I'm Kathy. I'm Mary. And you've been listening to Stargating. The end. The end. Jack makes... I'll just keep interrupting you and changing the subject to other things. That's fine.